Dr. Burke, let's start with outlining some of the things that are being done with minimally invasive procedures. Well, we have an increasing number of catheter-based procedures, which um, when we say catheter, we mean minimally invasive. Uh, Typically, access to veins or arteries, uh, often in the legs, sometimes in the arms, uh, but it allows us a route to the heart that is less traumatic than traditional open surgery. Uh, We've done catheter-based procedures for many years in both the cardiac catheterization lab where we're able to do things such as angioplasties and stents for patients who have narrowed arteries of the heart, called the coronary arteries. Uh, Those techniques have now been adopted to do newer things. Probably the most dramatic one over the last few years has been aortic valve replacement. Traditionally, aortic valve replacement is an open heart surgery. That's an open cardiac surgery uh, with a standard chest incision. And this procedure, which is called TAVR, T-A-V-R, Uh, is a uh, catheter-based aortic valve replacement. Um, Typically, the arteries are accessed in the leg, and then from the leg, we're able to pass a replacement valve backwards through the arteries up into the level of the heart that needs to be replaced at the aortic valve, and it is literally put in with a balloon. It's expanded into position. And once that's in, then the patient's effectively had an aortic valve replacement. Without the need to have your chest open. Without the chest opening, exactly. Without opening the chest. So that's probably the most dramatic example. And on the horizon, we have another heart valve that we're going to be working on called the mitral valve, which is a valve that sometimes when it uh, develops a leak in it, that leak can become severe enough that it can cause a syndrome that we call congestive heart failure. And in patients who develop this syndrome, they may represent very high risk for having open-heart surgery. So there is a new catheter-based procedure called MitraClip, which is a newer catheter-based mitral valve repair that will be on the horizon in the very near term. We'll be opening our program here at St. Mary's within the year. It sounds as if we're going away from open-heart surgery. Yep, we're trying to get as minimally invasive as possible. What we're doing is we are reducing the surgical risk for patients who represent very high risk for traditional surgery. So most patients who present for these procedures are seen by a cardiac surgeon because some of them are still acceptable candidates for traditional surgery. Traditional surgery is probably still, in most cases, the optimal way to do this if you can. But many patients represent significant surgical risk such that the risk of dying from the surgery may be too high. And the minimally invasive approach may offer them a way out. That's interesting. So why is open heart surgery considered the first choice? It's a more definitive repair. So what we're relying on with these catheter-based procedures is a catheter-deployed valve. That valve will open and set itself into place despite our best efforts, sometimes where it wants to go uh, based on the patient's anatomy. Whereas with an open surgical procedure, you can definitively treat the valve problem, sometimes repairing it, and repairing it if if possible, repairing it is better than replacing it. It sounds as if you're treating a sicker population, people who just couldn't be helped before. Sicker population, absolutely. Uh, We're treating a sicker population, an older population, a higher-risk population, 
previously these patients may have been um, sent to hospice or, or given you know, you know, comfort care measures only, uh, really medical management and, and that's it as an end game. whereas now we're able to uh, offer these patients more definitive treatments with less invasiveness. So that's been one of the big ones is the catheter-based valve procedures. Uh, we're doing some other catheter-based procedures as well. Uh, the newest one that we've been doing in the arrhythmia world, our, our world, uh, is the uh, miniaturized pacemaker. It's a uh, catheter delivery of a fully functioning pacemaker. And this is a pacemaker that's about the size of a large capsule or a large vitamin. Uh, that device is delivered into the inside of the heart, into the area where we normally put a pacemaker wire, and that device is a standalone pacemaker, self, self-contained, battery, circuitry, everything. And that device is delivered into the heart, into an area we call the right ventricle, which is the area that is in need of pacing. And that device once in is a fully functioning pacer, just this, a pacemaker just the same as any other that might be implanted with a more traditional method, which is a minimally invasive surgical method, but one that entails a small incision in the chest and passing wires uh, through veins down into the heart. So they have a whole existing system with a with a generator in their chest connected to the heart with some wires. This system obviates the need for that. It eliminates the need for the, the pacemaker wires. So it's a leadless pacemaker. Is this pacemaker for everyone? We're still in the early stages. So the current system is designed for patients who only need pacemakers in the bottom chamber of the heart. Uh, the majority of patients at this point still need pacemaker support in both the top and bottom chambers, but in, in many series, 10 to 15 percent of patients really only need single-chamber pacemakers, and this is a great option for them. Uh, it's catheter-based, delivered from the leg. Uh, the vein in the leg is our uh, conduit to get to the heart. Once we have the, the catheter in place, we deliver the pacemaker and test it, and then we get out and they have a pacemaker that's going to last just as long as a traditional pacemaker, which is about 10 years. Uh, that device will function just the same as a standard pacemaker system and it significantly reduces complication rates. Once you get through that implant procedure, your lifetime risk of complications is going to go down because you don't no longer have the wires that on the inside of the veins, you no longer have the pacemaker generator in the chest. So all of the complications and symptoms that patients may get from those components of the pacemaker systems are now gone. It's a little pellet that lives on the inside of the heart, and unless somebody knows it's there, nobody would know. So are we getting to the point where we'll never have to open up the chest? We're getting there, but there's always going to be a need to potentially open the chest. Uh, sometimes patients live long enough that some of these minimally invasive techniques that have been applied in the past may redevelop disease or problems with them, and they may need to be surgically fixed. There's always going to be a need for surgical, open surgical treatment of the chest uh, for cardiac conditions. But we certainly are taking more patients and higher-risk patients to, to the operating room to offer them symptom relief from whatever problem they may have. When you look at all the advances, is there one that you consider a game changer? Another catheter-based procedure that we're now doing, which is a game changer, is the Watchman device. And Watchman is a proprietary device, but there are some other devices that are under evaluation. That's a game changer. So this is a device that is designed to reduce stroke risk with a device that is a plug-like device. And it's deployed in an area of the heart where the highest risk of stroke exists in patients with a diagnosis called atrial fibrillation. 
those patients often need blood thinners to prevent strokes. And what this device will do in patients who have sufficient risk of stroke and sufficient risk of bleeding or a good reason not to be on a blood thinner, it replaces the need for the blood thinner in the long term. So if they can commit about two months of time to us with blood thinners and going through the procedure, the implant procedure, uh, we can often get them the implant, and subsequently they gain the protection from stroke that they would get if they were taking blood thinner in the long term without the chronic risk of the blood thinners. And that's been a massive, massive game changer. Let's look forward. What's on the horizon? Well, the things that are coming along next, we always are continually advancing our catheter-based procedures. I think newer, better versions of the things we're doing now are certainly coming down the road. Uh, Better versions of the aortic valve replacement, uh, better versions of the left atrial appendage closure, Uh, the mitral valve treatments. All of these things are going to continue to get better and better. And what we're seeing is not only better devices, refinement of techniques, um, better approaches to these patients. That's what's really in the immediate forefront. Down the road, what we're going to see is cardiac assist devices. So we're going to see patients who have uh, advanced heart failure, and they're living with advanced heart failure. And these are patients that currently may, if they're young enough, qualify for heart transplants. But we're starting to be able to offer these patients assist devices, which is not, that is an open surgical procedure to have that put in. But those devices are being miniaturized and eventually are going to be a catheter delivery or a minimally invasive delivery system, which is going to be an assist device for the heart. And it'll help patients who have severe heart failure, which is a terrible life to live. Dr. Burke, thank you. I'm sure we'll be talking again to find out how these procedures are changing.